Hello, everybody, from the downtown waterfront recording studio, coming to you live, recorded as they say on TV, from my F-150 studio. I'm Michael Posnick, and today we have with us Powerhouse Patty, and the really exciting subject today is going to be first-time homebuyers, tips, tricks, what you need to know. Uh, we'll get a little bit into legal responsibility, finding an agent, financing, and all kinds of other doodads and tips and tricks. So essentially, first-time home buyers they fit into a category of their own, and it can be one that can be extremely frustrating for the first-time home buyer because they don't really understand what the paradigm is with them and the agents and or brokers that are representing them. First-time home buyers are certainly a unique situation because you're dealing with somebody that probably hasn't gone through the process before and requires a lot of time, work, and energy to make sure that the purchase is as stressful and anxiety-free as possible. Stressless. Stressless. Yes, they're mostly stressful. So we're going to try to make that stressless. And uh, we'll touch on home inspections. And probably one of my major concerns is using friends and family and neighbors for inspectors. And uh, I'll actually start with that. We'll pass it over to Patty. So my biggest concern, if I may, is I find that first-time homebuyers have a habit of including all their family members, their friends, their neighbors, cousins, with the buying decision. And the challenge with that is, in my experience over 25-plus years in PEI real estate, is that the family members and friends act as if they're trying to save the purchasers from the worst decision they could ever make in their lives, and they're going to save them from the building collapsing on their head as they're walking through it. Whereas the reality is, first-time homebuyers typically are looking at entry-level properties, just like I did when I bought my first house for whatever it was, forty dollars or $50,000 when I was in my 20s. And, you know, you get what you pay for. So you're not going to be buying a palace as a first-time home buyer. Good thing is you're actually buying something rather than renting, and hopefully you will see equity and appreciation so the next house can be better than the first house. It's a stepping stone. But when you involve your family members and friends, they don't have a reality of the market, and they may or may not understand what you're trying to accomplish with this step. Patty? Hello. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me on here today. You've been on every show. I know, and I appreciate that. You must be doing a good job. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just with regards to family members and friends, what I typically find in my experience is um, they offer information and input that may be partially correct. They are not usually, typically, they're not with a real estate background, or if they are, because I have had situations, they are a real, they were a real estate professional in the past. Uh, they may have lasted a couple of years, and now they think they're going to save the family member. Um, I find they provide a lot of misinformation. They end up making the situation far more complicated than it needed to be, which creates more work and more education from my standpoint to try to redirect them and get them back on the path of success. Um, yes, 
They will bring their father, cousin, uncle, brother to come out and, you know, do a home inspection with them. And unfortunately, again, they will mislead them. I remember in the past, Michael, you had a first time home buyer and I believe he had uh, was going through five purchases and he did have a home inspector. But unfortunately, um, because questionable home inspector, uh, that's a whole other topic, but um, ended up creating such a stressful situation for this first time home buyer that he didn't end up buying it all. And it was really unfortunate because he could have gotten into a home just before the market took off and had some good equity. So what happened there, if I may interject, is he made an offer on five or six different homes and had the same home inspector inspect them, and every one of them had issues. And he walked away and didn't want to purchase, and he's probably been renting for the last 10 or 15 years now or whatever it's been. His idea, he he told me he wanted to find the perfect home, and I indicated to him that there is no perfect home. If a home inspector is going to charge you $350 to $750 to do a home inspection, and he just came back with, yeah, everything's perfect, best house I've ever seen, Here's here's your home inspection, it's a blank page. You wouldn't be very happy. Every home, including a brand new home built by the best builder on the island that's never been lived in, the home inspector is going to find something because it's a matter of opinion as to how things are supposed to be done, whether it's an HVAC issue, heating, cooling, foundation, whatever. They're going to find something wrong. Yeah. So just with regards to first-time home buyers, as a, as a real estate professional, we are responsible we have an added fiduciary responsibility for a first-time home buyer to make sure um, because they don't have any education and whether or not you entered into a buyer's agreement or buyer's agency, it is automatically assumed in the, the legal world that you are being represented. If you were had already bought and sold two or three homes plus, that same assumption from a legal standpoint would not be assumed. So as soon as you introduce yourself as a first-time home buyer, the real estate professional has an added uh, fiduciary responsibility to you um, in order to ensure that you are properly educated, informed, and taken care of. So it's really important to make sure if you're a real estate professional listening to this, be mindful um, of your responsibility. And if you're a first-time bu- um, home buyer, make sure you pick an agent that understands um and they're out to look after you. Yes, for some home buyers are a lot of work, um, but they can be some of the most rewarding uh, sales that can happen because you've got somebody who only dreamt of being in a home. And one day when that dream comes true and you're handing them over the keys, for me, that's a whole other level of currency. Uh, there's nothing more rewarding for me than to see something like that. So uh, another thing, just and I'll let Michael. Another thing that a first-time home buyer needs to be aware of is just again, if you have a, a real estate professional, we should be advising you to speak to a mortgage uh, lender. You should be speaking to three: um, your bank, another bank, a mortgage broker, even a credit union, um, just to know what your options are. Your bank already has your business, so they may not be jumping through hoops trying to give you the best rates. Um, so you should have your down payment. You should keep your same job. Don't be, you know, bouncing around. 
Um, you should not be making any big purchases. Do not, from the time you start looking for a home, make any big purchases from that day until after closing. After closing, you can do what you want. Uh, but these are things that are very, very important and things that I can see sometimes a first-time home buyer is not aware. Right. So touching on financing, I think the biggest mistake, particularly in Prince Edward Island, is their whole family's always dealt with XYZ bank or credit union, and they think that that lending institution is a great friend. And the reality, in my opinion, is they already have your business. They already have your RSPs, TFSAs. They've got your employment checks going into the bank and all that sort of stuff. Whereas if you're dealing with another new bank, let's say BMO or RBC, RBC doing most of the mortgages in Canada, they are going to be much more motivated to get you as a client because they want all of your business credit cards, lines of credits and so forth, RSPs and TFSAs. So my recommendation, and this may not be very popular with with lenders is basically I will fill out a credit application from a lender because they're all the same. They all have the same information. I'll take that. I'll hand it out to two mortgage brokers, two credit unions, one here in province, one out of province, probably in Halifax. Patty and I can give you their names and a couple banks. And the banks would be RBC and uh, BMO. And typically I try to work with the bank managers or someone close to the bank managers with experience. Out of those six, I'm going to find a, the answer that I want, the point of least resistance, and then I know I've sort of got pre-financing in place. It doesn't mean you're approved. It just means you're on your way, per se, because the approval actually comes down to the property you're buying and whether it's worth what you've offered on it, because it will be appraised because ultimately the bank is buying that property and they want to make sure they didn't overpay. We can explain that in other podcasts. So the financing, as far as the the whole process, you know, before you get into the process, make sure you know all your expenses because it's just not your deposit and your down payment. You've got land transfer tax, potentially. You've got uh, insurance, home inspections, I typically say, Michael, you should have on top of your down payment, approximately three to four percent of what your um, of the purchase price. So whatever approved uh, price point you're at, you should have an additional three, four percent. And that should cover your closing costs. Right. And you probably don't want to spend 100 percent of every dime you have in the world on this purchase because you also may have unexpected results. You know, you're going to have fees for moving or maybe the car breaks down or the, the house has uh, whatever that needs to be fixed or added to or the oven breaks that you just purchased with the house. Like have some extra money as a buffer in addition to that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And another thing just with regards to financing that I would uh, recommend and suggest is depending on where you're listening to us from, look into your province's programs. Uh, each province may offer a first-time homebuyer um, you know, program here in Prince Edward Island you know, we we do. So we're in a bit of a fortunate uh, place here. They're trying to get as many first time home buyers or as many renters into their own homes. But there's also the RSP uh, first time home buyer program. So there's do your research. And if you don't know to ask these questions, you would miss out on perhaps, you know, some some funds. Ask your mortgage people. They should be probably the most knowledgeable people about this because that's what they do every day. The agents are very good. The mortgage people are doing the applications. And in PEI, we recently had a program where the government will 
supply party or rent to own program, rent to own program or whatever. Yeah, that's through finance PEI. I don't know much about it. Our association's looking into it. I don't know how well that's going to work because government institutes don't usually move too quickly. And in the wonderful world of real estate, you need to move quickly and you can't wait for six months for a response. So we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully it plays out really well and more first-time home buyers can get into houses. So the process, obviously you're going to sit down with your agent. Your agent's going to figure out what you want. Uh, if you do want a heads up on properties before anybody else, I, before even leaving that office, would insist that a search is set up. So if anything comes up from any agent, any broker in the province or the state you're in, that you notify it about it via email. Yeah, good point. Um, and know that if you're working with a real estate professional, they have access to all properties. So it's not, you know, uh, ABC Realty, you, you have to go through them for their listings, you know, and then 123 Realty, you have to only go through them. When, a, when you see a property that is on the MLS system, any realtor can assist you with that property. So I just find that's something, again, a really important thing that first-time home buyers don't typically know. Uh, and it's best to have your own representation and instead of calling each listing agent because each listing agent represents uh, their seller. So sorry, Michael, I just thought that was... An no, that's point. all good. And we covered that in our last one of our last podcasts is, you know, you're, if you do call the listing agent, they're representing the seller and they're going to do anything they can to get a good offer on that property. They don't, they don't represent you. So ideally, and the way the system does work, is you would pick a member of the association that's involved in the MLS, because not all agents are, most are, and you would deal exclusively with them. So any properties you do see of interest, you would use your agent that represents you to find out any information. From that point on, trying to wrap things up here as quickly as possible, because I know everybody's busy, 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 uh, you know, you're going to set up some showings. You're going to have everybody present that's going to be making the buying decision. If it's a husband and wife, or maybe there's a kid or teenager involved, bring them along. Keeping in mind that teenagers are going to hate every single house you look at, but once they move in, they're going to love it and they're going to show it to their friends, in my experience. Yours? Yeah, yeah, typically. So you're going to start looking at houses when you find something you're interested in. You're going to make an offer, and maybe we'll make that a subject for another podcast as far as what that offer, you know, the process looks like and what's included and what you can do to protect yourself and at the same time make that offer attractive to the sellers and make it in your best interests as a buyer. And walk them through the, a good representative should walk you through the entire process day by day, um, all the way to closing and Probably for some home buyers, I find even afterward, um, because you may need an electrician, you may need, um, you know, just some service providers and a good realtor or sales representative will be there for you, hopefully for life to make sure that you can continue to be a steward of the home. You build equity within that home. So one day you can in turn sell that and end up getting into the next level, a bigger home you might be getting married or you might uh, need to relocate but um, yeah and the process repeats itself or it could be reason llamas <laughs> of course okay thanks for listening have a great day yes have a great day